Saw parties and hardos back What's... at it. Second episode of the week. I mean, kind of. Is Sunday this week? I suppose it came out Monday. Monday is this week, I guess. Fine. Fine. Yeah, wow. Know your day is spinning. Come on. I know. It seems like a new week already, but I'm just so excited for this episode. I can't get over it. Uh, we're going to have some fun second in the MVP talks, given all the debate over Jokic's MVP, as well as some NFL rising and falling prospects. Uh, it's it's that draft time, y'all. So we're going to get after it on that. And then some Hunter episode. The Tory Hunter episode, the Jimmy Johnson episode, the NASCAR GOAT. Got to give it to him. Hey, let's not forget the NBA legend, Nazir Muhammad, who I just found out about today, <laughs> yet he played 18 seasons in the NBA. I don't know how the hell I just found out about him today. Yeah, so, I had no Nazir idea Muhammad. he existed either. But uh, let's, uh, let's get a word from our always amazing Jack Donovan. Uh, with this music here, and then we'll we'll get to the best part of the episode. That's always awesome. Oh, we always love that. But now something we love so now, even more than that is so what's now we're about not we're not doing that, right? Oh, oh, sure. The classic cop out nation over there. I just want to shout out Masai Ujiri and his amazing trade deadline GMing skills for uh this great bet. So um Jack, I hate you, Masai. It's it's time. It's time. It's that time of day. It's time, y'all. Uh, so let's get it. This is Let a me, YouTube uh... exclusive, so it's it's pretty good. And uh, if you're checking us out on uh, audio only platforms, you got to tune into YouTube for this. All right, I'm gonna now safely remove my AirPods. Make sure my phone and my laptop are clear. <laughs> so we don't run into any technical difficulties here. Man, this is the worst thing ever. This All right, here amazing. we go. Hardies and Hardos, this is so hilarious. I'm going to document the whole thing. He's opening up his Gatorade bottle right now. Is it full? It better be full. If it's not full, he's he's getting... Okay, okay, it's full. It's full. We have document. And here we go. This is so... Let's get it, Hardies and Hardos. Come on! Yeah, you shouldn't be able to put a towel on your clothes, but fine. There it is. The whole thing. Yeah, more. Ah. No, the whole ah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's why we oh, love being man. right about sports right there. We absolutely cannot even handle how amazing that makes. It, it makes it feel even better than being right, honestly, what I just got to witness. Oh man, I'm soaked. <laughs> As I'm you should be. Soaked. As you should be. Oh my gosh. What are my you? My towel is just. No, what did you, what did you say? You are. I'm soaked. Oh, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You're. <laughs> You're something. You are something. Uh, sorry, Hardys and Hardos. My seventh grade self came out there for a minute. Uh, I had to had to get a good laugh in about that one. So so now we'll bust uh, we'll bust I gotta, uh, we'll bust I some thing paper towels over there. My, my damn laptop ended up getting wet anyways. That tells. Right. That tells. Um, we are gonna start the Tory Hunter episode off here with some headlines. Once I get semi-dried. Okay, here we go. The first story here. Pretty wild one, Spinny. Sean Kemp was booked on an alleged drive-by shooting to only be released the next morning. Uh, apparently that 
was definitely misinformation. That's not what happened. Here's the statement from his attorney. Late Tuesday evening, Sean Kemp's vehicle was broken into and numerous items were stolen, including an iPhone. So on Thursday, he tracked his iPhone to an occupied vehicle in a shopping mall parking lot in Tacoma, Tacoma, Washington. He approached the vehicle in an attempt to retrieve his stolen property. Individuals inside the vehicle shot at him and he returned fire in self-defense. So clearly not a drive-by shooting that was was initially reported. This is clearly a self-defense situation and why, as from what I've seen, they're not gonna even be pursuing charges against Sean Kemp. Um, What do you make of this whole situation here? I mean, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I, I, that's all I gotta say about it. I mean, I feel feel bad for the guy. I I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know how I feel about him rolling up to that situation with a gun, but I guess or alone too. Like, yeah, like, but also he is also huge. <laughs> also, like somebody stealing his stuff just for him to come there and shoot at him. You know what I mean, like. Like he didn't know that. Like I would not have thought oh. this. This happened to um, my fiance recently. She got her AirPods taken from from somewhere, and I was like all for let's go show up to this place and find these things and do it up. But she took a different route than that. But I just never would have expected something like this, especially in Tacoma, Washington. I, I don't see that as a very different place than than Minneapolis. So it's just that's crazy to me. Yeah, it is definitely wild. I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't know why he necessarily went by himself, but yeah, like I said, he is what six nine, six ten. Yeah, he, you know, and would you dude, expect, probably just. And I wouldn't expect to show up on a bunch of guys with guns. That's guns not what and, I'm expecting, right? And like, and I'm willingness just, I'm just to, trying to shoot get my at phone me. Back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was this during the daytime? Do you know? It was during the day too. Yeah, that's the other thing. Who? Who do I think is that I'm going to roll up on is going to shoot at me during the day? In a, in a mall parking lot. In a mall, exactly. In a mall, mall parking space. lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Crazy story. Crazy story. Initially, I was like, what the hell, Sean Kemp? You're just out here drive by, shoot, like yeah. you're a gang member again? Or like, what's <laughs> going on? Yeah. Honestly, I was not the same. Oh. Oh. Another basketball story. Jim Beheim retired, one of the GOATs, 47 years of coaching. Also, four years of playing at Syracuse, too. So, over 50 years of Syracuse basketball for Jim Beheim. 35 NCAA appearances in the 47 years. Five Final Fours. Obviously, won the 03 title with Mello. Uh, he went 115 and 441 record. Absolutely incredible. Second most whoa, all-time whoa, win, whoa, whoa. Say that again? His record? His record that I just said. It's already taken away the hundred some wins that he was vacated. It's 115 and 441. So he has 300 more. A hundred. A thousand. Okay. That's why I was like, all right. That's why you were tripping. Yes. That's why I was tripping. 1,015. Yeah. Which is second, obviously, behind Coach K. Um, Longtime assistant Adrian Autry takes over. Uh, that's interesting to know because spinning, we finally we see this trend of longtime assistants taking over continued. Uh, Jay Wright, obviously, your boy. God, I'm drawing a blank on the guy that took over him. Kyle Neptune. Kyle Neptune took over him. You have um, Hubert Davis taking over at UNC, John Shire at Duke, and so on. So it's a trend that we've been seeing. But you have any thoughts about that? Not, yeah, I just it's, – it's interesting that the trend right now is disappointment, right? Like, is Carolina going to be the first one seed since 1972? for NC State to... Is that what it is? Be, yeah, that's the last time a preseason number one didn't make the tournament. So that's... They're not making it. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Nova's not making the tournament. They lost to Creighton last night uh, in the Big East tournament. So that their season is done <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, so I mean, right now, it's not working out the absolute best for people. Uh, Besides uh, Duke, Duke, I guess. But... Duke's, Duke's doing okay right now. But also, it makes it even funnier that Coach K lost in his last game to a team that's essentially the same as it is this year. And they didn't even make the tournament this year after 
being so good last year. I don't know. It just right. makes it even funnier. People, people do have to remember, though, that that UNC team was an eight seed in the tournament for a reason. They sucked yeah. last regular season, too. So yep. I'm almost getting that fluke fluke run vibes from UNC, uh, just given that. They sucked two, both so regular coach, seasons. So Coach K regular. got his career ended on a fluke run? That's kind of what I'm thinking, it's right? Or, that is tough. All right, though. The last headline we have here is an interesting one. So I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it, and that's the Lamar Jackson situation. So, Spinny, I just want you to give me your opinion right away. Why, Why are so many teams out? Yes. Why? I don't get it. Like, I get that you don't want to pay him 250 guaranteed for sure. But, like, that's those that stuff came out an hour after the tag thing. Like, you're not even calling him? Like, Kyler Murray got $190 million guaranteed. Lamar has twice as many wins, wins. as him. Yeah. He has a passer rating higher than him. He's got more touchdowns than him and less turnovers per season on the turnovers. But it's crazy. He's also led his team to the playoffs multiple times and won an MVP. Like, that's the thing. If I'm in Atlanta, like, I call him on. I'm like, hey, here's $200 million guaranteed. We'll give you two. We'll give you that five years, 250, 200 guaranteed, right? You're you're not going to give Lamar 10 million more guaranteed than Kyler Murray? Just blows my mind, honestly. Just a just and Washington? Are you serious? You got Scary Terry. You got a good running game, and you got a defense you really like. Like you need maybe a a second pass catching target and another DB, and Washington's like. In the NFC, like, no lie, you hit a couple draft picks and you get Lamar, and they're Super Bowl contenders in the NFC. They have the Pretty much. Top, top two quarterback with him and Hurts. Uh, their defensive They already got the pass great. rush. Yeah. They got the pass rush. And Scary Terry is a very productive wide receiver, along with their run game, which you add Lamar to. It's just it's crazy to me that teams <clears> are not at least kicking the tires on this situation. That's what's so crazy. Is Tua going to play? Miami's out. Is Tua going to play again? Like, this man's one concussion away from never playing again. Like, Literally. These, these are teams that are out on him. I just – that stuff is mind-blowing to me. I'm going to kind of summarize this tweet here from Warren Sharp. I believe you saw it as well, spinning on Twitter. He's a Fox NFL analyst. So he talks about the Kyler Murray. Also talks about Aaron Rodgers and Sean Watson. Aaron Rodgers getting – 150 mil guaranteed at 38 years old. Sean Watson getting 230 guaranteed with 20 plus sexual assault allegations against him at that time. Uh, and there's a half dozen teams, most of which, obviously Falcons, Commanders, etc., have been terrible for these past years. They've they posted terrible records last year. They've been cycling through quarterbacks every year. It seems like, and they can decide in less than an hour that they don't want a 26-year-old quarterback who's in his prime, who has already won an MVP, who is 46-19 and 19 as a starter. 46-19. and 19. 2019 went 14-2. 2020 went 11-5. 2021 went 8-3 before he got hurt. And this past year he went 8-4 before he got hurt. So I'm completely with you. I just – I don't get it. I have no idea why these teams – aren't willing to take a chance at Lamar Jackson. And obviously he's already proven. Obviously some of those wins are credits to the Ravens, right? Like the running game they established, the defense they had. But some of these teams have those things already. Washington has the roster already set up. You got Eric Bieniemy, one of the most creative, well, apparently not one of the most good creative. Yeah, apparently not, but, but whatever, however you want to view it, a great production from the offense he was the coordinator of and you pair him with Lamar with everything like I just it's crazy that's that's a that's like a Super Bowl shot it's just unbelievable and it's not like this guy's like you said he's not 32 we're not giving him a five-year from 32 to 37 this is 26 to 31 yeah the last year of the contract you might get a little screwed on you know but you're probably getting at least four good years of production, and that's why you do 200 guaranteed. 
Like, you can be like Lamar. Here's the deal. This Deshaun Watson deal is ridiculous. Uh, old, what's his name? Jimmy Haslam is the biggest idiot owner we've seen. We've seen the Browns production. Like, I'm sorry, we're not matching you that. But the next highest guaranteed is Kyler Murray. And, we, you know, you do have more of a, you know, he's going to be like, I have more of a rep than Kyler Murray. He's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, totally. So here's 200 mil guaranteed. We'll give you the five-year 250. 200 guaranteed, better than Kyler, highest paid guaranteed contract. That's not this ridiculous crap in Cleveland. And I just would have that conversation. I just don't understand. Not at least have the conversation. That conversation. Yeah. If he says no, I want 240 guaranteed. Then I understand not wanting to do that a little. But also, if I'm Washington or Atlanta or Carolina. In the history of losing that I have, why not take that shot? Or the Jets? Lamar Jackson is instantly the best Jets quarterback in 50 years. Instantly. Instantly. 100%. Steps on the field, best quarterback you've had in 50 years. 50. Yeah. I mean. Nuts. Let's play devil's advocate a little bit here. I'll I'll tell you these the points the other people are making. So they talk about how the Russ – Kyler, and I mean, maybe too early to say this on Deshaun, but it's looking like those three contracts is are ruining those teams already. Uh, Packers as well, they're obviously moving on from Rodgers already. So those are like some reasonings. And then the main reasons here, he wants $250 million guaranteed. He's injury-prone running quarterback. Um, you have to trade two first-round picks to get him. And he struggled in the playoffs. So those are like, to play devil's advocate, those would be the points against wanting him. But like you said, at least have the conversation, at least sit down. I know he's representing himself. So it might, you know, it might be tough to negotiate with him, but his points are fair. Lamar's points are completely fair. I mean, he, and you win over 40 games in four or five years as a quarterback, you should get paid. If you don't have a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, you have essentially zero chance of winning the Super Bowl. Exactly. Like literally essentially zero chance. And and you have a shot at a guy who at his worst is a top 10 quarterback. Like if you don't think top 12, if you don't think Lamar is a top 12 quarterback, top 12 for sure. no matter what you think of him, I don't like, I don't respect your football knowledge. Like I think it's ridiculous. So he you have to know who you are as a franchise. I, I a little bit understand the Ravens not paying him. They have had some success, even with quarterbacks like Joe Flacco. So I get their history and that whole thing, not essentially wanting to pay him. But when you're the Jets or you're Atlanta, excuse, you know, the disregard the, the Matt Ryan run. But other than that, they haven't done anything in 25 years. The Colts, I get a little bit. They've had Peyton and Luck. You know, they've had good quarterbacks, but like you're not going to be relevant with whoever you're you're going to start. And the Jets, I'm just talking about the Commanders. Have the Commanders been good in our life ever? Like actually good? No. Not like like the best we've ever seen them is like frisky win a wild card game. Good. That's it. That's the best they've ever been in our lifetime. So it's like just know who you are. This guy is. I don't know. I, I get the risks, but when where you've been for decades, when you haven't had a when you haven't had a quarterback on Lamar's caliber in decades, I think I would consider overpaying for him. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Finish it off. I'll give you the stat here, Spinny. QB is in NFL history with 96 plus passer rating and 100 plus passing touchdowns in their first 60 starts. This is this is the list. This is all it is. Lamar Jackson. Pat Mahomes, Dan Marino, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Those five quarterbacks are the only ones in NFL history to do that in their first 60 starts. So, seems like he might be a little more than just a running quarterback. Yes, he might drop for sure. All right, let's transition now to the, our new segment here. Best non-MVP seasons, like Spinney said. We're going to just talk about this given – the ridiculous seasons Giannis and Bede and Jokic are having this year. Um, to give you numbers here, Jokic is averaging a triple-double, a center, is averaging a triple-double, 24, 12, and 10. 
on 63% shooting, 70% true shooting, 31 player efficiency rating, leads the NBA, 12.6 win shares so far this season, which also leads the NBA. Embiid, 33-10-4 and four on 65% true shooting. Like, are you kidding me? A seven-foot center being that efficient and scoring that much? Absolutely insane. 9.4 win share. Giannis, he's obviously having a great season in his own right. 31, 12, and 5 on 60% true shooting. 7.1 win share. So, yeah, we're already looking like we're going to get possibly one of the best seasons in NBA history from a non-MVP. So, with that being said, Spinny, what was one year that stood out to you? <clears throat> First, um, my f- – uh Jeez, I can't even talk. My first example here is in what my in what is my opinion the first real case of voter fatigue in the history of the NV, NBA MVP award, and that was 1972-73 season. Dave Collins of the 68 and 14 Boston Celtics uh, won the MVP. Uh, the person I think should have won the MVP that year uh, played on a 60 and 22, so it's still a 60 win team. Milwaukee Bucks, and then it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Dave Cowens averaged 20, 16, and 4. Great season, obviously. not Nothing to be taken away from him. Kareem averaged 30, 16, and 5, though. So essentially the same. A whole other assist plus 10 more points per game. And it's not like the Bucks were slouches. The Bucks had the second-best record in the NBA. So it's not like we're talking about, you know, anything crazy happening right now uh, at that time, the MVP was player voted and a lot of what is believed to happen is the players really wanted to reward a team at that time who was the second most wins in, in regular season history. So I think it was rewarding the best player on that team who was Dave Collins and Kareem had won the 71, the 70, 71 and the 71, 72 MVP awards. So this would have been a three in a row for Kareem something just like current day we see Jokic not being given this same voter fatigue we've seen a lot but this was a situation with Kareem where it would have been a three-peat they uh took that away from him in my opinion and, and went with Colin so I get I get the uh the metrics that were taken into account but I just think 10 more points a game same rebounds one more assists on a team the second best team in the NBA is is better yeah advanced analytics wise in today's era, Kareem would have won that MVP. No doubt about it. Um, that's obviously more emphasized now. I'm also going to throw out an old one like that. And this one, I definitely think the second-place finisher should have won MVP. At 61-62, MVP was Bill Russell, who averaged, obviously, again, not taking anything away from these MVPs. Uh, and a couple of my later examples, I, I'm sticking with the MVP, but this one is – Incredible to me. 19 points, 24 rebounds a game, five blocks a game, or five assists a game for Bill Russell, 46% shooting, 15.5 win shares. His team went 60 and 20. They only played 80 games back then. Wilt Chamberlain, this is Wilt's year when he averaged 50 points a game, 26 rebounds a game, and two assists a game on 51% shooting and 23 win shares. 49 and 31 was his record. So he had 31 more points per game than Bill Russell. 31. He had two more rebounds per game. The only thing Bill had better than him was assists. Wilt shot a higher percentage. He scored more and shot a higher percentage. You don't oh, you know that that oh, shouldn't you, be happening. You don't think the guy who averaged 50 points a game should have won the MVP? No. Nah. I'm saying like no. Nah. We're done. We're done talking about this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> 50 points a game, that's I mean Analytically wise, obviously it's the 60s. We we know that, but that's this is the best season we've seen from a non MVP. 50 points per game, and you didn't win MVP. Like, come on. Like, what else? That is the biggest case of what else do you want me to do? Like, yeah. What else do you want me to do? <laughs> Interesting stat I saw. I don't. I didn't write it down, but I saw that Wilt's stats adjusted to today's pace. He actually goes backwards in points, and it was like 39 points per game or something. So. His adjusted stats would still be the most points per game scored in NBA history in a season. Not not MVP though. Uh, it wasn't MVP. No. no All right, Shreddy. What's another MVP. one you got? Another one I got is oh, 
2005, 2006. This is a very classic one that has gone to a lot. Uh, Steve Nash Excellent. winning the MVP there, 54 wins. Was that was that his second one or first one? This was his second one, I believe. Yes. Right? Because I think it was 04, 05. Check on that for me, Bus. But yep. I believe this was his second one. Um, Nash, again, averaged 18.8 points, 10.5 assists. Compared to Kobe Bryant's 35 points, 5.3 assists, and 4.5 rebounds. Obviously, the big difference. This was his first one. This was his first one. Okay. Yep, 05, 06 were the two years he won. Okay. So, obviously, the Suns had 54 wins. The Lakers had 45. Um, I do I do want to just say that having your, your second best your second best score would be Lamar Odom with 14 and then Smush Parker with 11 and a half. Those are your next two best guys in your team. I, in, in my humble. What opinion, do you mean, dude? Smush? <laughs> Put some respect on Smush's name, bro. In my humble opinion, getting a team like that to 45 wins is pretty darn impressive. Now I understand um, arguments against that. Also though, this guy we might know named LeBron James as a 21-year-old was averaging 31, 7, and 6.6 on his team that won 50 games. So we're talking about modern NBA, almost 13 more points per game, way more rebounds, and Nash had four more assists. Obviously, that was his thing. And the Cavs won four less games. Four than than the Suns. I would I would Four. love to um, entertain you with the Cavaliers roster for, from that year. LeBron oh LeBron's second leading scorer was the Junas Ligowskis fifteen point six, and then Larry Hughes fifteen point five. Next to thirteen point five, Ronald Murray, and ten point seven, Drew Gooden. Those those are the, the, the guys. Those are the guys we're talking about on a team that LeBron won fifty games with. I would have finished I would have put Nash third, maybe even fourth, given the Dirk. sixty win Dallas Mavericks. Sixty wins for the Dallas Mavericks this year. He was like Dirk. twenty-seven and nine average or something, I think. Yeah, twenty-six, nine and three for Dirk. Um Obviously had Jason Terry, Jerry Stackhouse, Josh Howard on those teams. But but yeah, so four guys of those. Nash is either third or fourth on that list, in my opinion. And uh, he won the MVP. So that's that's a Kobe snub and a LeBron snub at the same time from Steve Nash. And a potential Dirk snub. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's insane. My second one, 93-94 MVP, went to Hakeem. He averaged 27, 12, and four, four assists, that is. 1.6 steals per game, a staggering 3.7 blocks per game. 53% shooting, 14 win share. His team went 58, 24. But you could have also potentially gave the MVP sacrifice finisher David Robinson. His team went 55 and 27, only three less wins. And he averaged 30 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, five assists. 1.7 1.7 steals and 3.3 blocks per game. So pretty similar numbers between the two. Uh, 20 win shares. So he had 16, or not 16, six more win shares than Hakeem. More points, uh, same rebounds, pretty much the same everywhere else. Uh, so this was definitely a true toss-up. And I would have not wanted to be an MVP, MVP voter that year, knowing that you would have to only get one, give it to one. Um, this is... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you ever I think? Was just... Do you think the MVP should be a co award in a situation like this, or is it always just gonna? Should it you always gotta just... pick one? You gotta pick okay. one. That's what you I can. think too. But... I mean, unless the votes come out exactly identical, then like right. I could have a conversation, but that'd be the only way. I think this was more of a case of who is regarded as the best player, like the better player at the time. I think pretty much everyone thought Hakeem was a slightly better than David Robinson pretty much his whole career. So that's probably like to put my head back when the voters were voting, 
that's probably something that was at least taken into consideration. David Robinson did end up winning the MVP the next season. So yep. he, he got his at least at some point. Do you have any more? Otherwise, I'm going to shout out one more real quick. For me. Yeah, shout out one more. I'm out. That's 0809. MVP went to LeBron. I mean, his team went 66 to 16. His numbers are ridiculous. You're taking one away from LeBron's no. names? I didn't That's take what you're telling this, me? Just like this last guy. Uh, I, didn't take that, I didn't take the MVP away from Hakeem. I'm no. not taking it away from LeBron. His yeah. team went 66 to 16. He led the NBA in win shares, player efficiency. Um, I think even there was something else that he led the NBA in. He had 1.7 steals per game, 1.1 blocks. So over one for each for LeBron. 28, 7, and 8 was his average that year. But D Wade, incredible season. The only reason why he didn't get more votes is because his team only went 43 and 39, only four games over 500. But he averaged 30 points, seven and a half assists, five rebounds, 2.2 steals per game, and 1.3 blocks. We're talking a 6'4 guard averaging 1.3 blocks per game on 49% shooting. And he was second in the NBA in player efficiency at 30.4. So. That was also a ridiculous season. That I definitely had a shout out because D Wade is one of my boys. D Wade might be the best, not might be, is the best guard at blocking that I've ever seen. Like best yes. shot blocking Absolutely. guard I've ever seen. Absolutely, Absolutely craziness from him on that. I always loved watching that crap. Um, also, can we just talk about for a second? I I don't mean to be this this guy. Um, I actually really hate being this guy, but uh. LeBron, 2000, 2008, 2009, 66 wins. Second leading scorer on his team was Mo Williams at 17.8, yeah. and then Agaskis at 12.9. 66 yep. wins. N- didn't didn't have an, another score that scored 18 a game or more. 66 wins. Just wanted to shout out. <laughs> Mo Williams, Zajunas Ogowskis, and Delonte West as your second, third, and fourth best players on a 68-win, 66-win team. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ridiculous. Sweet. Uh, anyways, though, Spinny, you know what time it is now? It's this time. It's- Automatically replays. Lame, but we love the music. Spinny, I'm going to ask you first since I am the current leader in points. I'm going to keep reminding you that until you catch me. Easy question here. True or false? The Bruins are on pace for 64 wins. This would set a record for most wins in an NHL season. Uh, True. It is true. The record, do you know the record or no? No. The record is 62 wins set by the 95-96 Red Wings and also the 1819 Tampa Bay Lightning. So on pace for NHL record this year. Bruins going crazy. Okay. Um, there is two guys in the NBA that are 150 points ahead of third place on the list for most points in this season scored in the NBA. Wow, that was a horrible question, Reed. NBA points points scored by NBA players this season. The top two are 150 points above third place. Number one is Jason Tatum with 1881, who is number two, only two points behind him. Luca? Luca. Yes. Embiid's third? No, SGA is third. I know Embiid's missed some games, so he's a little lower on the on the totals. Oh, thank God I got that. I wasn't very confident in that Luca answer, honestly. Okay, my medium question. DJ Turner ran a four two six forty this year. 
four to six. That is tied for fifth all time. Who ran the fastest 40 in combine history and what time was it? One point for each. Chris Johnson, four two two. Got one point. Four two two is the correct time. It was John Ross. Oh. Chris Johnson's second fastest time. Mm. That's tough. You got one point, though. All right. How many more wins would it take for the Denver Nuggets with their current win total to pass the amount of wins they had last year? Wow, that's just that's so vague. You're gonna make me like try to think of their record right now at this moment. Yep. Dude, that's so they need bad. this many more wins to pass their this, win total from last year. And this isn't a trick question. They're not like already tied with their record. No, 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 no. It's not okay. a trick question. <laughs> okay. I think they are this record right now. Play 82 games. It means they would have had to pass it, not to tie it. Correct? To pass it, to pass it. I'm saying four wins. The answer is three wins. Very wow, close. Just Very a cool close. question. Very just close. a sweet question. That was good. That was good. Good math. They won, you know, you were, they you won 48 games. Yeah, last year they won 48 games. I thought it was 49. That's tough, you know? You're, such a, You're such a rat <laughs> for that question. Why? That was a great question. All right, whatever. Okay. I, I haven't really decided how I want you to answer this question. Maybe I'll let you pick. But only two players in the MLB last year played all 162 games. Okay. So either give me one guy. We can do it th- that way where you just have to name one of the two for all three points. Or we could split it up even more with the name both players and the team because they were on the same team. I, I have no idea. I'm never going to get this. There's no chance I get this. Do I know these players? Yes. You know both of them. Do I? Yes, you do. Ooh. And so they're position players. If you don't know these MLB players, that's why you suck at fantasy baseball. They're position players. Position players. There's a hint. Only two, actually. And there's only there's only 17 active players to have played 162 games in a season. I, I, I can't even. Like, no one even comes to mind. That's why I was... Saying maybe we uh, have the team be a point. You could name a team at least throughout it. All right, I'll do two for my guess and one for the team. Is that fair? And then I'll give you the two one on mine for the similar on my hard question. Chat. That works. Uh, the team is the Rays, and I'm going to say Wander Franco. Definitely not Wander Franco. He missed like two months last year. Um, <laughs> It's the Braves. Uh, Any idea on the Braves? No. Shortstop Dansby Swanson played all 162 games. First baseman Matt Olson played all 162 games. All right. Yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, they're really good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good question. Okay. All right. Last question. You're up two to one. Who? What is the name of the player? to have the most blocks in an NBA game in history and how many? One point for how many, two points for the name. Man, I've seen this before. His first name is a small town in Minnesota, I will say. Well, there goes my... uh... (laughs) My Mutombo answer. <laughs> um, wow, first name. Man, I'll give you a bonus out. point too if you can get the year. I'm honestly not going to get the year. I'm going to say, well, it was in the 80s probably or the 90s, maybe even earlier. I don't know. It was 14, 15 blocks. 
No. 17 blocks by Mark Eaton. Final? Final. You want to guess a year? And 78. God, I don't remember when Eaton played. You got one point. It is 17 blocks. So you did tie it up right there. It's not Eaton, though. It's not Eaton. It's 1973. And the man's name is Elmore Smith. Elmore Smith? Man, I don't even... I don't know if I've even heard of that dude. Thought for sure it was like Mark Eaton or Matumbo or one of those dudes. That's who I thought it would have been. Lakers, Lakers against Portland. He played 48 minutes. He had 12 points, 16 rebounds, and 17 blocks. Second is a okay. three-way second's a three-way tie with Shaq and Manute Bowl twice. That's ridiculous. 17 blocks. <laughs> What? 17 That's blocks. so many. He also had a triple oh. double, triple double in that game. Well, I think we just had the ties. I was, I honestly did not really expect a tie today. I, I have no tiebreaker ready. Should we do a cold call? That's what I'm saying. Like I haven't, I didn't tell anybody to. Uh, I didn't either. Call. I didn't either. Should we cold call live on live on hard headed? Gonna have to be somebody that that you know would answer. Ooh man, that I know would answer. That's Forbes. Hard. Forbes. I feel like Forbes is at work. So Probably. That, that's why I was out on him. I was thinking Geo, but I don't know if it's late enough in the day yet. We're gonna try Geo. Hold hold up, parties and hardos. We will let you know momentarily. Meanwhile, Jack will tell you a joke. A joke? Yeah, I don't got a no joke. jokes. Yeah, you got a joke. No joke. Got a joke. All right. Here's my joke. Here's my joke. Spinny. <laughs> get it? Get it? You get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no answer. Um, all right. I'm telling you, we gotta take we a got tie. One. No, no ties. No ties on hardhead anymore. You can't I, come up to question. I'm not. I'm not. We're hold on. We're recruiting. Oh, the fiance. Get her in here. Hey, Mariah. Could you come assist us live, please? Um, she says. I just need a trivia question from you. Get over here, Mariah. Yeah. We need you. We need your expertise. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yep. You got to make it over here. Come on. I'm wearing my dad shirt. Can we hear Mariah? Can we hear her? We can. Okay, so you can just talk from over there if you'd like. I just need a question. Come up with it. Anything about sports at all in any way. Preferably like sports. Preferably pretty easy. Like Yeah, decently it's easy. Be some, not, yeah, it's gotta not be something hard. one of us. Yeah. yeah. Something one of us will get. Who won the NCAA for volleyball last year? Oh, this is this is a true question, man. All right, no volleyball questions. What? I know the answer to this. No volleyball questions. It's kind of unfair. Let's be real. You say question. You're right, but like. Um, true. <laughs> okay. How easy? You can ask the very similar question for a different sport. The one you just asked was kind of good. I just want to make it a sport that's even. Who won the hockey cup last year? Ooh. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> the hockey fans are hating us right now. Uh, <laughs> I know the Lightning lost. It wasn't them. They no, lost. yeah, yeah. But is she talking college or no? Or NHL, NHL, Avalanche, Abs. Is it the Avalanche? Uh, it's not the Avalanche. I have no idea. I really have no idea. I don't know. Hold on. It was the Man, avalanche. You... It was the avalanche. All right, say, was like... you got it. The Thank streak you, continues. The Thank you, Mariah. You're the best. The streak continues, Spinny. Down you go once again. Just taking the tie. Yeah, I was honestly I was no, for it. losing is better than tying. In my opinion. 
I, I'm just telling you my opinion. I don't know. One counts as a loss, the other doesn't. So True. I know. It doesn't really make sense. But in my head, that's that's how it is. All right. Fair enough. Let's finish, let's finish off this episode here, the Toy Hunter episode, with some combine talk. Uh, risers and fallers is how we're going to talk about this. Guys that have improved their stock based on what they did with combine and those that have heard it. So, Spinny, who's one of your risers after the combine? This is the most obvious one. I just wanted to highlight this guy because he's amazing. Uh, Mr. Anthony Ford. Richardson. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. 4'4", 3'40", Mr. 40-and-a-half-inch Michael Jordan-ass vertical, Mr. 10-foot, 9-inch broad jump. Just for a couple comparisons, Bajon Robinson, 4'4", 6'40", 37-and-a-half-inch vert, 10'7", broad jump. So Richardson beat him in every one of those categories. Another uh, guy he's getting some comparisons with as far as quarterbacks go from, from previous, Josh Allen, 40-time, uh, four seven five, thirty-three and a half 33-and-a-half-inch vertical, and a 9-11 broad jump. Do you happen to so, have the Cam Newton stats? I'd be I don't have the Cam Newton stats. That's um, who I'd be interested to hear. But, yes, Richardson, obviously, given his insane athletic ability, um, has climbed up the draft boards. So that's why he's one of my biggest risers, just his crazy athletic ability. And I think Josh Allen, given – because a big concern with Richardson is completion percentage, right? 58% last year, didn't even throw that many passes. But Josh Allen has really made a way for 58% completion percentage quarterbacks that guys are taking a chance on now, more higher especially, because he turned out to be that it worked. Now, in my opinion, Allen is probably the outlier, not the rule. So there's going to be a lot of bust draft picks coming off of him. But if Richardson can get his mechanics and his short and medium accuracy figured out, he's really got a shot to be good because we're talking insane athleticism. Ridiculous. Almost a 4-4 flat 40 from a quarterback? Like, at his size? Like, this dude's Derrick Henry size and weight here. Like ridiculous absolutely insane absolutely insane one of my guys though is emmanuel forbes cornerback out of mississippi state he was anywhere from go ahead i'm sorry can i just give cam newton's really quick yes yes four four six forty 35 inch vertical 10 six broad jump again all absolutely destroyed cam also is about he only about five pounds lighter he or yeah five pounds heavier so he was 6'5", 248, and Richardson was 6'4", 244. So we're talking about four pounds heavier, essentially, for Newton than Richardson. Very, very similar body types. And he was even faster and stronger than him. So craziness. Ridiculous. Generational athlete, honestly. Cornerback Emmanuel Forbes, though, from Mississippi State. He was anywhere from a late second to early third projection. And now he is sliding into the first round now late first after his combine showing mainly high, highlighted from his four three five forty. I mean this guy's got burners out there that was that'd be second fastest for wide receivers. There was only one wide receiver who ran a faster 40 than him. And he went from eighth to twelfth ranked cornerback to now top five. So Spinny, I don't think either of us had him in our uh, first round too early mock draft, but this is a dude that both of us will likely have at the end of the first round. So Manuel Forbes, a name to watch out for. Agreed. My my second name to watch out for is Blake. Blake Freeland, tackle from BYU, 6'8", 300. He absolutely killed the combine. Um, anywhere from a 4.98 to a 5 flat 40. A lot of different um, numbers coming out on that for some weird reason. 37-inch um, vertical jump, though, for 6'8", 300. That's nutty to me. And a 10-foot 10 10 broad jump. Absolutely crazy. You said one of those was a record, right? Yeah, the 37-inch vertical was a record for tackles at the conference. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely crazy athleticism from him. He also didn't allow zero sacks in 2022 playing as a left tackle. So also college tape production from him. Really good blocker at arm's length. Um, really reads spin and, and different pass rush move techniques well, keeps himself back on those type of situations. So very uh, good potential from him. And I've seen uh, mocks having him in the high second. I've seen 
rumors about him potentially being one of those random guys that that sneaks up into the first round. So huge climber here for for Blake Freeland. Yeah, I'm with you on Blake Freeland for sure. Last two guys I want to shout out for risers would be Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, from everything I've seen, he's all but solidified being the favorite wide receiver in this draft. Um, basically, everybody now has him as their first receiver taken off the board. And I know Spinny in a little bit here will allude to a guy that may have fallen a little bit in the receiving group. Another guy would be Nolan Smith, uh, edge rusher from Georgia. He's been all around the first round, so he's never like really fell out of the first round. But he has only solidified his spot as a first-round draft pick after the combine. Ridiculous numbers here. A 4-3-9-40 is the edge rusher, keep in mind. A ridiculous 10-yard split at 1.52, 41-and-a-half-inch vertical, and 10 feet, 8-inch broad jump. So ridiculous athlete. Their only question, you know, he was only falling a little bit. Uh, he went anywhere from pick 10 to all the way late first because of his size. He's, you know, he's a little little smaller in the weight and height categories. But, I mean, that athleticism is there and has only solidified him as a first-round pick. So. Those are two two more risers from the combine. Spinny, yes. who's your first faller? Um, one of my uh, – we're going to jump to fallers right now, guys yep. that are moving down a touchy. Uh, mine is wide receiver USC Jordan Addison. Exactly. Uh, he ran a 4-4-9, 40-34-inch vertical jump, 10-2 broad jump. Again – I just see too much good tape of Jordan Addison of getting separation from receivers um, that are from receivers from corners um, that really, I, 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 I like him, but this fall to me might be good for, for one of our hometown teams. I think if Addison can fall to us in that early, early twenties of the first round, like, I don't know. You, you give this guy, Justin Jefferson, you give this guy separation, like he's never getting doubled. He's going to have tons of opening room and a quarterback in Kirk who throws an accurate ball most of the time and, and really gives you a catchable situation in our offense, especially given the very sad likely departure of Adam Thielen. Uh, we really, really need a WR2. I, you, don't even I, I don't, have to, you don't even have to say likely at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much a done deal. Like It hasn't it been announced. It wasn't announced by the team. Oh, well, I saw it, NFL was tweeting it. Themselves. Yes, it's – it's oh, well, it, it was announced by Kevin Seifert, who's the ESPN yeah. reporter for the Vikes. So, like, it's pretty much announced, but, yeah. So, anyways, I don't know if, if KJ Osborne showed us that he was really the guy to be that WR2 last year, and we just need more depth, period, at the wide receiver position. And the free agent wide receiver market this year, big reason why Thielen is leaving is the – free agent wide receiver market is really, really thin. So there's, he's like, there's nobody. Yeah. So he's likely to probably get paid. But again, this fall from Jordan Addison, likely given some of the not as good at, as combine numbers as was wanted. But right. sometimes we, we know that doesn't matter as well. I, I think right. that. This is, it's just a test of athleticism. Essentially. Literally. Literally. And especially the wide receiver position is much more about route running and, and route, getting yes. open, providing space for your quarterback to find. And I think Addison does a good job of that. So I'm a little excited. No, I agree. I And I would also say he maybe only quote unquote fell just because of Jackson Smith's showing at the combine. Yep. So not, not really something that, not that he performed poorly, but that others performed a little better than him. That's why he yep. fell a little bit, Jordan Addison. My first baller is also wide receiver. He's fallen a lot, this man. He was anywhere from a late first, early second, and now I'm seeing him third round, possibly even later. And that is Kayshawn Boutte, wide receiver out of LSU. He self-proclaimed himself as the best receiver in this class and then went to the combine and had an absolutely brutal, brutal showing. Spinny, we're talking this man had a – I don't even want to say it. It's embarrassing to say. He had a 28-inch vertical. That is it. 28. You want to know what percentile that was for wide receivers? The second percentile, almost everybody in the wide receiver class that's in this draft class had a higher vertical than him. Second percentile. Yeah. We're talking Blake Freeland, 306, 300 pound lineman is out here jumping 37 inch vertical 
And Keishon Butte only has a 28-inch vertical. Not to mention his broad jump was in the 32nd percentile, and his 40 was a 4.67. So, yes, absolutely terrible showing by Keishon Butte from apparently the self-proclaimed best receiver in the class. Yeah, that is that is crazy. Um, my last faller is a, a running back. I really like this season, and we've talked about a lot. Your man, your man, Mister Five Five, running back Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. I love this guy. Um, he didn't run up the combine, so I don't have a speed stat on him. But thirty-five and a half inch vertical, uh, seventeen bench, seventeen reps at two twenty-five, which. Is pretty decent for his size and a nine eight broad jump. Um, my big thing with him is he he was projected up as high as like a third round pick, maybe come especially earlier in the college football season. And now we're looking at a very likely day three guy. Um, a lot of projections have him in the fifth and sixth round. Here's my sell on Deuce Vaughn. Darren Sproles, five six, one eighty-seven, same build, same. Sproles is more of a receiver, obviously. Uh, Vaughn is really, he is a great receiver, but he's also still a downhill runner. And obviously in the NFL, they worry about size and, and taking that. Also, Jock, Jockwiz Rogers, good comparison for an NFL uh, player. I think Deuce Vaughn could be. Jockwiz Rogers, probably the floor level. Uh, Darren Sproles, probably the high level. But I just, I love his competitiveness. I love his ability to do everything. And I love the mentality, like, I don't know. I just I just have faith in this guy being successful in the NFL. So I think I think we're gonna hear about hear about him in in a couple of years as one of those late picks that turns out to be a really good guy. Will will he ever get that like starting running back money type situation? No, because of his no. his size and limitations. But I really truly believe he will have a James White, Danny Woodhead, Darren yeah. Sproles role on a team and be effective. For sure. Jarek McKinnon, I know he's he's like five eight. He might be a little bigger than him, but like that that change of pace role, I yeah. definitely see that from Deuce Vaughn. He's explosive, so you could definitely still be good in the NFL for sure. My last faller, this is another one, kind of like Jordan Addison, is only falling due to the guys around him performing bad, not that he performed bad, and that is Will Levis, quarterback. His odds I saw being the first QB taken was as high as like plus 600 and now it's only plus 1300 so everyone's pretty much envisioning him being the fourth quarterback taken as um, Shroud and Young really showed what they're made of in the passing segment of the combine and then obviously like you said earlier the Richardson athleticism is just insane and likely why he has separated himself from Levis as well so Levis is falling but like I said Due to others performing well and not necessarily him performing bad. And I, and I want to say this too. I don't give two craps about what the passing at the combine looks like. They're sitting right. with no rushers throwing. Like, yeah, they've thrown really cool balls and, and some of it's impressive. Um, I'm not like hating on you for saying that. I'm just, this is one of my pet peeves. Right. When people no, really agree. focus on the passing at the combine and it's like, watch the damn tape. That's where you see yeah. what what they do under pressure when they're reading what their passing looks like, how you see how their accuracy looks. I just I pay pay attention to that way more than the combine. Like you said, the combine is an athletic test, and I love it for seeing yes. athleticism of players. Um, but but passing it and like actual doing activities at the combine is very little value in my opinion. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I still definitely value the game tape more than what you see at the combine. That's for sure. Well, Spinny, do you have any other comments? Otherwise, I'm going to give you a quick Q&A question, and we'll we'll get our viewers out of here. Let's do it. 58 seconds. Go. Q&A. Very simple. Where do you want to see Adam Thielen end up next Ooh, year? That's really tough. Uh, I want to see him on a contender. Yeah. I'm right? going like, to say Kansas City, right? That same. would be sweet. But is he going to take less to go there? He's probably going to get paid by somebody somewhere, right? It, I don't know. Isn't Juju a free agent or was he a two-year yeah, deal he, guy? I think he is a free agent. Yeah, I thought so too. So, Casey is maybe in the run for him. Um, I would like to see him go there, obviously, because it'd just be fun to see him catch balls. I think Buffalo is an option too. They love his type of guy and they don't really have somebody. I think that's a good option, like 
a likely option we could see. play with Diggs, reunited yeah. with Diggs. Yeah. Little Diggs, Steelin combo in Buffalo. That'd be fun to see. All right, five seconds. Hardys and Hardos, hug your friends and family, and we love you. Toy Hunter episode. We love y'all.